Hey guys, uh, very welcome to another episode of the Strategy Podcast. As you know, we're doing a series with Chief of Staffs, and uh, it's a very interesting role that we are trying to explore. Something which has taken the startup ecosystem by storm. A lot of tech companies today uh, are uh, looking to have these roles fulfilled, and it's a very challenging role, right at the fulcrum of operations and strategy. So today we have with us uh, Ritika Mathur. She is with Grant Thornton and she's the chief of staff to the COO if i'm right so, ceo to the ceo i'm so sorry and uh, she's going to help us understand uh, you know what this role is about uh, what are the challenges that you foresee what what impact do you have in an organization and as we all know management consulting is a very very uh, difficult industry it's very challenging it's people oriented so i'm i'm pretty sure uh, that's another big challenge to handle so ritika welcome to the show thank you for being here thank you roy thank you so much for having me very excited my first question to you ritika is uh, you know just your background if you can start with uh, where you're from and um, just share the initial journey of your life and then uh, yep. to the point to how did you get this Yeah, absolutely, Rohit. Uh, so I actually hail from Lucknow. You know, uh, that's my hometown. That's where I was born, bred, and educated. Um, moved into, uh, essentially moved to NCR around about like a decade back, 2010. That's when I started working. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had been a science student up through my graduation, but then I sort of realized that I wanted to get into more the corporate side of things. So that's when I ended up doing an MBA. Um, and from there essentially is when i moved into you know the the domain of management consulting i started my first job was uh, in snp capital iq uh, i was there for about one and a half years then i moved to one of the big four firms i was in ey for around about the same time um and then 2013 grand fountain happened for me i never thought i'll be in one single organization for like seven years i'm coming to almost seven years now but uh, it's been a very exciting journey for me in this firm so Yeah. So, uh, I think so. Even in in Grand Thornton, I've done you know all through my career for ten years, I've done very diverse kind of roles. Uh, Chief of staff was the latest and the most unique role I have done uh, in the course of my ten years of career. Um, I've moved into this current role in the last two years, two thousand eighteen, actually. Uh, so yeah, that's that's basically when I uh, how, so, how this panned out. Uh, interesting. And let me unpack your journey at Grand Thornton because that's where all the action has happened. Uh, which where where uh, where did you start there? What was your uh, starting point, and so how did journey happen yeah. till the chief of staff? Yeah, so I have always been in the consulting uh, you know domain uh, with market research primarily as my as my key domain uh, area area of expertise. Uh, when I get got into Grand Thornton, I was in a very different kind of a role. You know, for the first few months, uh, the role that I was inducted to was a more client service kind of a role. Uh, setting up a team for key account management, and uh, I essentially started into that because that was one area that I wanted to explore. Uh, but around about that time, within Grand Thornton, we were setting up a team which was going to focus on market research and analytics. Um, and uh, the gentleman who was setting that team up, who is our current CEO, sort of reached out to me because in EY I had been in a very similar role. So he reached out to me, you know, if I would like to be a part of that team. so that's how i got inducted into that team i was one of the you know people who set sort of you know it was a founding team of uh, of that uh, particular market research unit um yeah so i was one of the six people who sort of put that up set that team up uh, 
I had some really good times there. You know, a lot of learning happened to me there. Um, and I was in that role for around about three years um, before I got the opportunity to. I was offered the opportunity rather uh, to be the chief of staff to Sheshu as CEO. Um, the way it happened for me was that you know the chief of staff role in our firm is like a it's more like a talent development program, and it's a ten-year role. Um, so you know the, you select the chief of staff, the CEO selects the chief of staff for two years. So my predecessor was just finishing his tenure in around 2018, and the opportunity opened up, and I had had the good fortune of working with Vishesh on a couple of uh, you know projects before that. So he reached out and you know, offered me the opportunity and. Uh, I obviously loved it up because it is a very coveted role in the organization, and I was just, you know, I was like, "There's no way I'm going to let this go." So yeah, that's how it happened. Interesting. So. you know moving from a client facing role where uh, there's a lot of interaction from uh, with external stakeholders suddenly yeah. into the organization and uh, inward yeah. facing right was yeah, that yeah. was it difficult for you to adjust um i so again i, I think uh, the reason why i wanted to get into a chief of staff role was um, because like you said you know in the last 8 years of my career i had had the opportunity to interact with clients to see how the other side works right what are the kind of things that the clients require what are the kind of conversations you need to have with them from a commercial aspect as well um, but i was also very keen to understand from a strategy point of view how does it all come together what is the big picture right um, and a role like chief of staff you know when i spoke with people who had done this role before there had been three chief of staff before me and you know outside of the organization as well that's what i realized that this role gives you that amazing vantage point to see you know how everything comes together how leaders think how all units beyond their silos need to come together to form you know a, a single organization which functions on a uniform strategy um so that's why i i really wanted to kind of get that experience because i knew getting back into the client service role will eventually happen to me but uh, you know this this role for two years is going to give me a lot more tools in my arsenal which i can take back to my clients and actually help them navigate through their own challenges as well right so no, the the reason uh, i asked this is cuz you know my background as a management consultant for uh, i i recognized in that role although you get to interact with a lot of different individuals across industries but yeah. you're eventually specializing in a specific area right in my case it was uh, it was transactions yeah. now from that very specialist role uh, the role of a, of a chief of staff is a generalist the way i look at it from from an outside perspective because now you're look, you're not you're not looking to specialize in just strategy it's strategy yeah. it's also communications right yeah. uh, kind of uh, drilling down the vision of the ceo and the executive team yeah. across the organization yeah. it's also yeah. about um, a, a lot of operations you know hands on so um, yeah. from that perspective when that shift happened when did you, you know, just share your initial experience of the first couple of first 30 days when you got into that role yeah. how did you uh, prepare for it yeah so uh, absolutely i think you summed it up very well rohit uh, it is it was challenging you know coming from a market facing Role, which was in a way very structured because even though you know you are interacting with diverse clientele you still have a very defined scope of, of the things that you are focusing on right you have an expertise you have a team that you lead 
and you have the people you can actually go ahead and work with in terms of delegation and from there coming into a role which like you said is generalist it uh, it doesn't have like a defined job description it is little bit of everything uh, it was challenging um, i think specifically the first i would say two months were the most challenging that i have had in my career um, simply because you know um, it was it also is difficult or it was rather difficult for me because i was coming from um, a middle management position wherein i was leading a team of 15 people into a role which effectively had no team under me right so um, from so, so just just transitioning from that um and also like you said uh, just just the sheer volume of information you get in the beginning itself it's very overwhelming um this role is extremely fast paced so i remember the first week that i got into this role um my ceo was presenting every single day uh, of the week like five days in a week he presented an external forum so every single day's presentations and the external briefings we had to work on and uh, one of that Uh, in fact was a session that he was moderating which was uh, organized by NTIO um he was moderating a panel of almost 15 to 20 industry leaders on a topic which was around mobility and logistics and it was a topic neither him nor i had any clue about <laughs> so we actually spent uh, to i spent literally two weeks reading every single thing i could get ha- my hands on summarized it for him he read it through as well um, mm. i'm very lucky that i have a ceo who sort of you know is very very adept at being able to uh, you know absorb all of it and actually present it so a lot of our flaws kind of get uh, masked but yes i mean just just the pace of the role and the sheer volume of information and the kind of tasks that come your way uh, that can get very overwhelming in the beginning um so yeah i mean uh, so so if you ask me how the first 30 days went it was uh, baptism by fire if i would call it <laughs> but it sort of set the tone for me in terms of uh, what kind of things to expect from the role in the coming two years um i can gather one thing from this you know this conversation uh, a lot of projects which which just sprout you know out of yes. nowhere yeah. like exactly. like this conference and back to back conference yeah. um yeah, yeah. And, and then you know supporting uh, these activities with those long term things that the ceo has to do how does Absolutely. that balance happen and what is your role there so um, you know one of the critical things as a chief of staff that you have to be very uh, that's a skill that you need to learn is uh, having a structured approach to things right so um, no single no two days are going to be the same for you every single day when you come to work you have to define what your priorities are for that day without losing sight of the long term priorities that also need to get delivered at at some point of time uh, but but it's very important for you to learn how to organize yourself and to organize the information that you have access to you know so so both in the way you archive your information on your system and how you archive how you structure your thoughts is a critical skill to have in this role right so um program management to the extent not just managing projects and and managing you know uh, sort of uh, making sure that the projects and the programs that are underway in the organization are on track it's also just your own to do list uh you know which which you need to sort of structure and prioritize on a, on a daily basis sometimes on you know twice a day because things change so quickly here so it is a balance uh, absolutely like you said it is something that uh, you learn through experience and you also 
it depends also uh, you know in the scale and the priorities of the organization at that point of time so you need to be very well aligned to your executive to understand what is it that his focus area is at that point of time and uh, try and align yourself and try and shadow him to to see how you know that that you are not working on things which are sort of not uh, you know which is at that point of time sitting in isolation and not exactly aligned to what he's trying to do so that's how i maintain the balance um i check and recheck whether that is something that you know uh, is absolutely critical at that point of time thing interesting because the last conversation i had uh, uh, with yeah. uh, with uh, anvita tikhane both the chief of staff at baby chakra which is like a high growth uh, yeah. startup i am i'm realizing that there is a lot of similarities in uh, you know an organized structure like management consulting it's it's yeah. as much chaotic uh, you know in your position yeah. as chief of staff as it is in a, in a young uh, growth startup there is those yeah. similarities because you know she was coming back to again and again how structured your thought has to be and how how you have to be supremely organized in your work and your uh, approach to kind of prioritizing things right yeah. and uh, tell me about your conversations with the with the executive team and the ceo because uh, yeah. you know you i'm pretty sure when you got into that role you were fairly young and which means now dealing with especially in management consulting people who are you know way way senior how do how yeah. does those how did those conversations happen for you because you i, I remember my days it used to be very difficult if i had to have those conversations with yeah. somebody who was like 15 years you know more yeah. into the business than i am how did you manage yeah. that um so you know so honestly um in the so, so i have been also very lucky that the kind of leaders that i have worked with have been very receptive to to the conversations that i have with them um, but i have realized that in this particular role there is a certain gravitas that the office carries as well right so you yeah. are the conduit so you have True. to just remember that your role is to be the conduit and that that communication point who is essentially sharing the information that is coming from the office of the ceo you know to your senior leaders as well um absolutely tact is very critical uh, communication skills are very critical the tone the tenor the timing of your conversation also matters um but i have realized and, and this is not just in us in your you know when you're dealing with your seniors uh, remember you are as a chief of staff uh, it's a very ironical uh, nomenclature because when you're called the chief of staff you essentially do not have staff under you the way it works <laughs> exactly so there's nobody reporting into you and um, but the way you actually end up getting things done is by collaborating with your colleagues who are your peers right so it's not just dealing with the seniors where in that communication skills are important it is also the you know the same principle that applies when you're collaborating with your peers as well um so the way you communicate it's essential that it's not it's not supposed to be instructional right it is supposed to be essentially you are the one who's communicating uh, the information that is flowing from the office of the ceo um, and collaborating with these with your seniors and your peers to see how that particular vision of your ceo gets executed you're not telling them how to get things done you're telling them what needs to get done and then working with them on how it will eventually get executed so as long as that flow of you know communication is very evident in the way you are interacting with them um that that's the best way of actually going ahead and making sure things get implemented you know it's it's also important that uh, you know you you are taking seriously because yeah. uh, 
you can't be uh, throwing around the ceo's name all the time you, that's, yeah. that's also <laughs> that's, very important otherwise people would yeah. you know start respecting you or start listening to you taking you seriously yeah. that's the sure shot way because you know even if you are uh, the chief of staff the point is you're also there to lead right so at the end of the day that's a sure shot way of making sure that uh, you know th- things so so at the end of the day anything will get implemented in the right way only when there is accountability at the level of people who are actually going about doing it and that accountability will come when they will feel uh, that they are the ones in charge and not the chief of staff the chief of staff is basically facilitating and being that integrator who is helping them sort of get the kind of tools that they need uh, to get uh, you know that particular project or that particular task done but at the end of the day they are the ones who are the experts simply because i am in this current role where Uh, i get to tell them what is the vision of the ceo doesn't necessarily make me the best person to sort of take a call on what is the right way to go about it and i need to remember that as well and i need to sort of project that in my conversations as well that while i'm sharing with them what is the vision of the ceo and i'm helping them execute it i am at no point of time telling them this is the way to go about it because they are the ones who are the experts in it and i'm just sort of helping them making sure that things get done you know i'm just curious how many times do you uh... speak with your ceo on, on any given day is it like uh, very structured every morning we we're going to have this like 15 20 minute half an hour conversation where we set the uh, key priorities of the day and then maybe we have these yeah. weekly meetings where we're setting the key priorities for the week and the month or the long term yeah. plan so how does this uh, uh, you know long term and short term come together yeah So uh so we definitely have weekly meetings uh, me and my ceo we catch up every monday morning to sort of you know finalize looking on his calendar what exactly are the things which he is you know which which are the meetings he is attending and therefore what is the briefing that is needed then what needs to get done for the week what are the long term priorities as well right so that weekly catch up definitely happens no matter what um and then it depends like you know uh, every single day we end up, end up having a conversation about specifics that you know we might need to action um but what's have to actually get uh, you know to do this as well um so every single conversation of mine frankly becomes a to do list for me <laughs> which is uh, which is kind of pretty, uh, which is sort of obvious right um yeah so so we do have structured conversations absolutely wherein i make sure that everything that is on the agenda gets covered that agenda formulation is is my responsibility and then it depends on wherever the requirement is whenever the requirement is are the priorities uh, set by you or is it the ceo guiding you into uh, what's important so the priorities and the vision obviously has to come from the executive right on what is it that we are looking to achieve that direction comes from the ceo i am the process manager i am responsible for making sure that the execution gets done so a lot of pushback or a lot of uh, you know upward uh, communication happens from my end as well on what is it that is needed to get done to execute his vision so the direction and the guidance in terms of where is it that we want to move where is it that we want to go comes from the executive and everything that needs to get uh, you know uh, essentially everything that we need to do to get, make sure that that gets executed so it's, it's not a one way conversation it can it can't be when you are in a chief of staff role it should never be a transactional conversation because the moment it becomes uh, you know uh, one way instructions then you have also limited how much you end up learning and the the entire i think there's a lot of benefit for the executive and for the chief of staff and being in a uh, you know in in that sort of a shall i say uh, 
working relationship which is which is a two way communication right because you also sort of sometimes end up as a proxy sounding board for your ceo and also you are the person who can give him the long the vision of uh, how a particular process is expected to work and therefore what is it that is needed that that we need from him uh, you know in terms of uh, escalation as well so it can't be a, a one way instruction conversation uh, it shouldn't be at least yeah, yeah. true true tell me something if uh, you know i have been looking at chief of staff jobs these days uh, in startups if you just you know uh, search for the phrase chief of staff in linkedin you will have like gazillions of jobs coming in and i'm looking at yeah. the requirements in terms of the skills that they ask for so one thing which clearly stands out you know job after job is it's it's great if you have a background in management consulting or or strategy or uh, you know venture capital so what's what's your take on this do you think it it's it better prepares you for it is it a must have to have be to have that yeah so i don't have an, a background in investment banking and venture capital frankly um i think uh, it depends on which kind of organization you're going for frankly if you are uh, in a venture capital firm where in a lot of your responsibilities shadow that of your ceos which is around uh, you know i don't know negotiation which is around uh, deal structuring then maybe maybe that will be a good these are these are uh, these are tech startups which are uh, asking for this for the chief of staff to have that background you know background either in management yeah, consulting yeah. or venture capital yeah. i guess like part yeah. of the job must have been uh, must be fund raising which is why he's looking for somebody with that yeah, background exactly. exactly like i said you know so so it's a very unique role in the sense that no two organizations will ever have a standard requirement it depends on what stage of evolution the firm is in uh, depends on what exactly are they looking for this role to achieve and that's what defines what are the kind of skill sets that they need in the person who's playing this role right so um, i do not have an investment banking and venture capital uh, you know skill set and i don't think that would have you know in in the kind of role that i am in right now it's not something that i have ever felt uh, was a hindrance uh, you know the lack of lack of those skills uh, management consulting yes i have found you know it to be beneficial because um, simply because of the fact that i understand the client requirements i understand uh, having been in a client facing role it's easier for me to be able to provide my inputs in some of those discussions when we are discussing strategy when we are discussing people So yes, from that aspect, I felt that it is useful, and same goes for MBA as well, right? So when we are when we are defining organization strategy, some of those frameworks and tools, it's good to have knowledge about them. So just so you are able to understand a lot more, and you're able to provide inputs as well as required. Um, but I wouldn't say these are you know uh, that you cannot succeed in this role without these particular skills, because uh, even though I have an MBA, I realized. the kind of skills that you learn while on the job in the studios is is way more than what you will ever learn in the classroom because effectively you are in a two year executive mba role on the job you've uh, so you've just it helps yeah yeah go ahead go ahead so as a, you know i was just saying that it helps i wouldn't deny that it helps you know all of these uh, these kind of skill sets absolutely um but i wouldn't say that anybody without this without an mba degree or without a management consulting background is uh, is completely you know not suited for the role it totally depends on how how you structure this role for yourself and what the firm's requirements are as well frankly yeah which brings me to my next question which was around skills and i was trying to understand uh, 
uh, in a generalist role it's it's more less technical knowledge that i that we bring in you know as an mba or or an engineer or an accountant and more uh, human skills or soft skills yeah. so yeah. What, what are those skills if you would look for a replacement for your role and are evaluating a candidate you know what kind who yeah. would you what what would you look into that cv that you know yeah. makes you instantly recognize like this is the guy i want to talk to or meet um interesting question um i think the first thing i i would always ask somebody that i'm interviewing is uh, how comfortable that they are you know they are working in an unstructured environment because it is critical that the person is a self starter because that remember you're reporting you would think in a management consulting i'm saying that question might stun him in a management consulting firm somebody talking about unstructured <laughs> yeah quiet actually there's a different perspective i mean a lot of times the kind of clients and the scope especially in management consulting the scope of work is so diverse that uh, that is probably somebody who's been in it's a management it's always unstructured consulting. that's like my experience yeah, it's exactly. always unstructured <laughs> more unstructured yeah. than structured bigger the company bigger the client <laughs> yeah but yes i think that is one thing that is critical for anybody who's getting into this role to be aware of that it is going to be a very unstructured role it is something you cannot i mean you cannot expect that you will get instructions or uh, constant guidance in terms of what next for you you have to be a self starter in the sense that you know you have to figure out when on the road on what are the things that are required for you to your time being more effectively utilized and your leadership's time being more effectively utilized so those kind of ideas those kind of inputs have to come from you and those kind and therefore you know you have to define what your day is going to look like on every single day basis um so anybody who is looking for a very process oriented uh, you know structured kind of role i will be very candid this role is not for you um because this 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 requires you to be agile this requires you to be okay with with, uh, with that sort of uncertainty i think the second thing i would look for is how you know maybe an experience in program management uh, you know somebody who has uh shown that kind of experience in in being able to manage not just a project but a portfolio of projects how have they implemented a process around um you know monitoring around reporting and around evaluating those particular projects and and being able to report on them as well because that is another big part of your job uh i have so that's one area we are still evolving in as well you know setting up a pmo in the form um and that becomes your responsibility making sure that the things that get discussed at the leadership team meetings you know get recorded get the information gets disseminated and there is sort of a monitoring mechanism to make sure that things are on track or not so anybody who has sort of you know displayed that in their experiences something that i'll be very interested in um and i think communication skills absolutely i mean uh, somebody who has that kind of you know um, who is able to comprehend what is being said and being able to translate and communicate in a articulate and a structured manner that is very very important because um, miscommunication at this level to to the senior partners or to you know to your peers can can have a cascading effect right it, it starts a dominoes effect that if you have miscommunicated they will end up working on something which is not the right thing and then it, it just it's just wasting time for everybody so these these two three things i think are are going to critical if i were to look at you know, somebody who is going to come um, you know the other day uh, ritika i was listening to uh, satya nadella 
and he was addressing uh, uh, the batch at Stanford, and he was talking about uh, when he took took over as a CEO. One of the first things he uh, he started imbibing in the firm and then the executive team was a growth mindset, right? Which is basically you know trying to always learn new things, unlearn the old, yeah. and that you know one percent improvement every day. As the shadow role, which a chief of staff is, how important do you think that that mindset is to have that growth mindset uh, imbibed and uh, present in you? Do you think that's also an important criteria for for a chief of staff? Um, I I, I mean uh, I, see, I think that is an, I, I think that is an important mindset for every professional in any role you know that they are in, irrespective of whether they are in a chief of staff role, irrespective of even when I go back into uh, into my business, I don't think as a professional I'll be able to grow without that kind of mindset, right? Um, and in the kind of professions that we are in, which are very uh, cognitive, you know, uh, which are very skill-based, very, uh, and they keep evolving. It is important for you to keep thinking about what next, how can you make what you're doing better, uh, and how is it that you make not just your life, but the people who are working with you, their life better as well, and, and think from that perspective. So my short answer to your question is, I think it is extremely important to have that mindset, and not just as a chief of staff, but just as a professional, uh, for you to be able to grow. Uh, you know, I'm all, I'm something all... more and, and you know, keep that drive going. Uh, it's, it's critical. Right. I'm also looking at a lot of these young startups, uh, you know, when they advertise for these roles, they're not looking for a lot of experience. Now, if if I am reading that job, that yeah. uh, job description, you know, as a fourth year, you know, uh, engineering student or an MBA, just, you know, getting out of college, uh, and I am remotely interested, how do you, how should I uh, prepare myself for the role? So, uh, you know, it, uh, I could get shortlisted for it. You know, what should I uh, try to um, outline in those two pages of my resume that that makes mm-hmm. makes me him tick for me? And also, what what are the things that I should keep in my mind when I'm applying for this role? One obviously is, as you pointed out, it, you have to be, I think, great at organization. You have to be very good at uh, ability to you know kind of manage multiple tasks. Program management becomes an important skill to have. Um, I think, uh, so like I said, this, this role is very difficult for you to have like a single standard resume for, because, uh, if you are working in, if, if a tech startup, which is just in a, you know, uh, in a, in early stages of incubation or early stages of incorporation is looking for a chief of staff role, the requirements might be very different from what a firm like Dan Thornton would have. And frankly, if I were looking at it, the first thing I will do is have that conversation to even understand what exactly are they looking for, what is the kind of, uh, uh, you know, skill set that they're looking for, and beyond that, what are the kind of KRAs that they are going to, uh, you know, that, that somebody in this role is going to have, what is success going to look like for them, that's the first question I would ask. Um, not just to, you know, tailor my resume, but also to understand if that is something that I want to even get into, right? Right. Um, so that's the first thing I would do. Uh, understand the scope. Understand what is it that the firm requires. Whether you are ready to take it up, and then accordingly see if your skill set, your experience, how is it that it is conducive or congruent to you know uh, to what we are looking for. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, so so if I am somebody who's looking at it, that's the first first step I'll start. Just understand a little bit more about the company, about their requirement, and about what exactly this role is going to do. Because going by a standard set of JD is not going to function when you're talking about the role of chief of staff. You know, uh, you know, I just want to be the devil's advocate here, and you know, ask you, who should not apply for this role? You know, what what kind of people should <laughs> clearly avoid going here? What kind of mindset? Yeah. Um, because so a lot of people, because because uh, you know where it comes from is a lot of people find this very uh, uh, you know attractive to be in the CEO's yeah. office. You know, I'll have a lot, yeah. lot of power. I'll have a lot of clout, but they don't recognize what's the other side of the coin. You know, so I just want to ask you what that side, that other side. Absolutely, I think uh, it, it sounds like a very glamorous role uh, in the sense that you know uh, th that's the, that's a common perception that you are function functioning as you, you're the one person who has the ear of the people who can make or break your career. You have all kinds of information that you require, which is true. I mean, I'm not going to even deny that. But what also comes with it is an added stress of responsibility because remember, the more visible you are, the more uh, is the impact of any single mistake that you make be it in terms of information? You know, you make one single typing error in your presentation, and the world would know that you know uh, you 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 made that You can't mistake. afford to make responsible uh, make uh, mistakes exactly. in this role. Exactly, it, it it is it is that role wherein accuracy and agility go hand in hand. You cannot compromise on either. Um, and anybody who is I mean, that is something that you have to understand and reconcile with before you get into this role. So if I'm a little uh, laid back, I should definitely not go for something like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not the case. I mean, you learn, frankly, you know, I, I was not the kind of person who was very detail-oriented when I got into this role. But after I made a few mistakes and that got flashed on, on screens for, for the world to see, I sort of realized it and learned it the hard way. But um, uh, so, so, like I said, anybody, I think you have to just be aware of these things. And uh, but I would still say it is an amazing role to get into because the trade-off is so uh, you know it's so high uh, that once you the amount of learning that this role will give you it is uh, it is unparalleled, right? Because you have that sort of uh, amazing vantage point to see what how firms of that sort of scale, that size, uh, function, how leaders think. So. Um, all said and done, I, I would definitely say that this is uh, this is a role which is worth all that stress and all that uh, you know effort as well. Um, but to answer your question, who are the kind of people who would who should not get into this role? Um, like I said, if you are somebody who thrives in a structured uh, you know setting, who is not comfortable with things changing at the last moment, you will find it difficult in this role. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get into it. Uh, but in most organizations, you will find it challenging because uh, as much as you try and plan and create plans A, plan B, plan C, to you know, uh, have that contingency measures in place, things are going to change. They're always going to remain fluid and dynamic. So uh, if, if that is something that you're not comfortable with, I will definitely ask you to take a step back and question if this is, if this is the right thing for you to do. Um, and secondly, I think uh, you have to be very clear in terms of why you are getting into this role, right? So uh, a lot of people who get into this role sort of feel that just because you're working with the CEO, uh, this is a way for you to catapult uh, and get like an you know, uh, advancement into your career simply because you know the CEO so well. 
uh, which is definitely not how it happens. Uh, yes, you get an accelerated growth, but that is by the function of how much you end up learning. And it also depends on you how much you are able to, you know, implement that learning eventually. So if you talk about, you know, a, a, an accelerated growth, that is where it will come from, not because you will suddenly get catapulted into, you know, another level simply because you work with the CEO so closely. That's not how it happens. So you need to be very clear in terms of why you are getting into the role. Like I was very clear that for me, I was getting into this role to learn. That was my primary uh, objective that I get to learn as much as I can in two years so that I can take it back to my business and you know, sort of help my clients through all that learning that I have uh, gained as well. Uh, and similar to anybody who's getting into this role as well, I'll, I'll urge them to take a step back and also think what is it that they are looking to achieve out of that as long as these couple of things are clear in your head, I think you will, uh, you know, you'll be able to get the best out of this role. You know, Ritika, that one thing is, clear, uh, is the career progression once you get off this road. Um, yeah. Also, a lot of people just don't even know, didn't even know what this role is all about. Some people thought it was something related to do with HR. Some thought it was, you know, a glorified EA and it is none of those. Yeah. So, yeah. so what, what's, what's the career progression, you know, somebody who yeah. is in that role or somebody who's aspiring to be in that role and spend like three, four years of his life committing to that cause, where, yeah. uh, how can he see himself progress through the organization or through his career? Yeah, yeah. And your, your uh, first sentence reminded me of the, of the dialogue that I got from, you know, of what my CEO told me when I got into the role that, you know, he said that there are days wherein you'll feel like uh, you are the CEO of the firm and then there are days wherein you'll feel like you're an overpaid secretary. So you need to be clear about that. <laughs> um, so I think when you talk about progression, you know, like I said, um, before you get into the role, you have to understand and uh, know for yourself what is it exactly are you uh, eventually aiming to get to, right? So chief of staff also exists as a career path, right? You know, there are people who end up being career chief of staff who will eventually do roles like the CEO maybe at some point of time. Um, and then there are people who get into the chief of staff role to learn and then get back into the business. So the way, for example, it works in my firms, all of the people who have been this, the chief of staffs before me, right? So the first chief of staff that we had is now our current CEO in the firm. Um, then we had a gentleman uh, after him who ha has his own company now. He's the CEO of his own firm. And the person before me, he's a senior director in the firm. So the way it worked in my firm has been that, you know, you end up being in this role for two years. Uh, and then you move back into the business basis, the requirements, basis, the kind of skill sets that you have learned in the, you know, during your time as chief of staff. Um, and you sort of try and incubate something there uh, in back in the business, right? Um, so, so that is one way in a lot of organizations that have these uh, kind of talent development programs. Uh, that's how it works in most of those organizations. Um, the way it works in, in startups, uh, frankly, as, as much as I am aware through the people that I, I have worked with or I'm a, sort of acquainted with, mm. uh, it's effectively like, a, like a, at some places it could be an effectively a CXO role, which is essentially the proxy CEO of sorts. In some places, again, even mid-sized startups are looking at this role as an integrator role who will eventually rotate into a leadership position and then, uh, you know, somebody else will come into that role. Um, so that's that's something I think you need to 
understand before you get into the role on what is next for you are you going to into it as a career chief of staff or are you when you want to get out of it and eventually get back into the business and utilize the skills that you've learned over time Awesome, awesome. I have one more question coming to my head, which is about um, managing that relationship with one person who is the most important person in your life, at least for that point in time. Um, yeah. And disagreements happen with people all the time. Uh, yeah. Can Can you afford to have disagreements with uh, somebody in that position? And if you do, how do you manage it? How do you communicate? Uh, <laughs> you know that discomfort that you might be having or having to face. Um, Yeah. and how do you build that relationship with the ceo is what i'm trying to understand i think you know trust is very important for both sides uh, i am very I, i would say i'm very lucky in the sense uh, that i have a ceo who's very receptive to any sort of you know disagreements as well um so i am very open frankly in terms of sharing my opinions uh, around things around certain aspects and the the area wherein i bring the most perspective is for him to sort of you know uh, i share a lot that uh, you know the kind of communication that is let's say going out from the office of the ceo how would an employee in the firm react to that so that perspective it's easier for him to get from me uh, mm. you know than anybody else um so i think the to, to answer your question how do you build that relationship i think uh, just just trust is important on both sides um the fact that i trust uh, trust my ceo enough that if i am sharing a dissenting view that is going to be heard acknowledged and not being held against and that the ceo also trusts that when i'm coming from a different point of view i'm coming uh, from it you know with with certain amount of information at my hand um but at the end of the day i also realize that as much as i push back Mm. um the eventual call is that of the ceo and i know when is it that you need to draw that line and when is it that you understand that okay there's a certain decision that has been made and now it is my job to make sure that that gets implemented so uh yeah i mean i i'm very open in terms of sharing my opinion in terms of sharing my perspective but i'm also you know i also understand when is it that as a chief of staff i sort of you know uh, kind of draw that line when to let it go and when to take the calls <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah kind of you know it's it's at some point of time you realize okay this is a decision point um and yeah this is this is what it is and you eventually end up uh, ta- get tasked with executing it awesome ritika thank you thank you so much i think you shared a ton of gold here uh, a lot <laughs> of things that i learned personally uh, from this conversation so thank you so much okay. and thank i just want to thank you so much I just want to close asking you if, if there is something that I should, that I should have asked and I did not. I think we focused a lot on uh, you know on on who should not get into this role but I would also like to focus on why you should get into this role and uh, why don't you like ask, I said I still why don't you ask answer that question <laughs> why should somebody get into this role I so think why, uh, Simon Sinek's why <laughs> No I think uh, So for me i would if if i were given this opportunity again i will again you know take this make the same decision that i did and uh, i would say this this is an amazing role if you are somebody like you said with that growth mindset who is looking to learn who is looking to it's a very humbling role i will say it it opens your eyes to the things that you you know you, you suddenly realize 
specifically if you're coming from a mid-management kind of a role, you suddenly realize there is a lot of things that you still don't know, right? There's still a long way for you to go. Um, and it's good to get those reminders, uh, specifically in that early stage and stages in your career. Uh, and for that reason alone, I think it's an amazing role to get into just so you can sort of, you know, remind yourself that there is a long way for you to go and learn from the best people that you can, right? Working with the leaderships, working with the with seniors uh, and just having an open mind to learn that that reason itself this is an amazing role to get into. So, yeah, yeah you're yeah, considering I, it. Uh, I fully agree with you. I think uh, a lot of times, you know, working in management consulting when I was there, Sometimes I used yeah. to feel, why is my partner making me do this? Like, why? <laughs> and it used to frustrate yeah. me at times. But then, you know, as I moved out of it and I started my own company and I realized that I can't be telling all the people under me all the time what they are doing and what's, how does the dots connect. I should do that, yeah. you know, but there are times when I can't. So as exactly. somebody who is there uh, executing, it, I think this role will help you empathize with people who are at the top and recognize the challenges that they also face and then how you can then connect the dots all the way and figure out how you're, uh, you know, because you, how you need to feel wanted wherever you are. That's the most important thing. And that brings Absolutely. that clarity in your head with, with respect to the purpose or the why of it. Exactly. I think, and that's, 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 from, you know, uh, you understand how to get the big, big picture and you know sort of try and uh, and and break it down from there so that kind of learning that kind of knowledge you start developing when you get into rules like this just how to look at the big picture and not just focus on the siloed efforts so Ritika, thank you so much for being a part of the show i'm so 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 happy that you took the time out and shared your experience thank you. with us thank you so much Roy. thank you for having me i had a great time as well thank you